Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates from General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery, and I want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us as we learn together now what it means to be Free Methodists in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Hola, mi nombre es Josh. Este es el episodio ciento y cuatro. And uh, don't adjust the dial on your device. Uh, I, I have a, this is not the Spanish FMC Radio here. Uh, that's about as much you know as I know. I, I translated. I translated that so I could say, this is episode 104, uh, and so uh, I'm not very good at Spanish, but I decided I'd give it a little go this morning here for you. Hey, Monday, May 20th, um, and I'm excited to talk about some MCO Orlando type stuff with you later here in the podcast, um, but uh, just some exciting updates. You may remember back from episode 61, we talked to the Andersons, our new missionaries in Budapest. At that time, they were preparing themselves, uh, both Chadwick, who talked to us, and his entire family, to go um, to Budapest, and they were kind of raising the funds and kind of, well, we're getting ready to go here. They are now, uh, yesterday, they started the long journey, and just about 20 minutes ago, I'm speaking here, recording this segment this morning around 9 a.m. here um, on May 20th. So um, as of 9 a.m., about after 24 hours of travel, they have arrived in Budapest. I saw the picture, about uh, it was posted about 20 minutes ago. And uh, so we want to be praying for them. These are our brand new missionaries. And of course, um, as we always do, and I just want to uh, make this intro extremely short today, as, as we always do, we pray for um, our Free Methodist World Missions prayer guide. And so let's pray for not only what we see there, which is Creative Access Country C, but let's also pray for uh, the entire Anderson family starting this ministry and this new adventure um, right now at this very moment here in Budapest as I'm speaking to you. So uh, as far as Creative Access Country C goes, we are given some information that uh, today is a guy named Matt's birthday and uh, him and possibly his wife, uh, Matt and Kat, are their names, and it says, and their teammates have been have seen many of their close friends forced to leave and return to their home countries. Pray that the Lord will be their strength and encouragement through this time of loss and uncertainty. So let's go ahead and pray for them and for the Andersons now. Dear God, I just uh, ask that you will be with uh, Matt and Kat and uh, their whole team. Um, they have uh, seen many people rising up and themselves included for the gospel, uh, but uh, because of the illegal status in a lot of these countries of the gospel, of Christianity, uh, they have been thrown out, according to this. This is that they have been uh, returned to their home countries. They've been deported for speaking the gospel, it seems. And so um, we just pray that uh, you will be with them, and as they've had these close friends with them, they've had these close um, workers uh, of the gospel with them all this time, and now they're being sent away. Now they're not having their presence. And so we just pray that you'll be with them, strengthen them, help them during this time. 
Um, and we also just pray um, for the Andersons as well. We pray that uh, you will be with them, and we thank you for their willingness to embark on this journey. And uh, I'm sure they're very tired after 24 hours of travel. As we all know, sleeping on a plane isn't, even if you sleep the whole time, you don't really feel rested, you feel tired. Uh, so uh, trying to adjust to this new time zone as they've you know, gone halfway around the world. There's all these different things. And so we just pray right now all these factors will begin to, uh, they'll acclimate to them quickly um, because ultimately you know, they, they want to share the gospel. They want to be able to make an impact in this area. So we pray that uh, their lives are impacted and, and changed, um, but that this would ultimately be um, not just about them or a transformation that they have, but that their uh, hope and their prayer is to reach people in Budapest. And so we pray that now that transformation would happen, um, that uh, they would be able to start acclimating, starting with that just time zone, with the tiredness, with the culture, um, and then um, spreading out to every aspect of their lives as a family um, and, and all of these different things. So we just pray right now that you'll be with them, that they will have a transformational journey there, and that they will continue to be supported by the listeners here, the Free Methodist Churches, uh, all of the people who give around the world towards the Free Methodist World Missions. And so uh, we just ask again for your uh, hand in the lives of the Andersons and in Matt and Kat in the Creative Access C. And um, we just ask that you'll be with them and guide them and be with the people that they are going to be reaching out to that you have planned for them to see. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me gather my thoughts here. There's a lot to talk about here after our uh, after a moment's break here. So why don't we just take a moment to hear from one of our fake sponsors. Welcome to all of the magic and all of the wonder of Walt Disney World Resort. And just imagine, you're gonna be right here in the middle of everything. So come, let us show you why your time with us is sure to be truly magical. So I know many of you, whether you are an attender or a exhibitor or a pastor or a delegate or a bishop or whatever you find yourself uh, falling under, many of you who are listening are attending General Conference in July, very soon, just a few months away. And I probably should have done this specific episode just a few months earlier, um, but that's okay. I know people are still putting their plans in order here. Um, and I'm not going to get into on this episode some of the specifics that will happen at General Conference. That will be to come uh, sometime probably early next month. I will be talking about breakout groups and talking about some of the things that will be happening specifically during the conference itself. But today, I just want to talk to you about uh, the greater Orlando area. I want to talk to you about MCO, the airport. I want to talk to you about transportation and all these sorts of things. I want to talk to you about those themes and uh, even what could you tack on to your trip. If you don't have plans or you've been throwing some ideas around, say, well, I know we're staying two more days, but I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Is it going to be the beach, SeaWorld, Disney? You know, what am I going to do? We're going to talk a little bit about that here on the second portion of this episode. Um, and so uh, what I want to do today is just go over some of that stuff. And I want to start um, with talking about getting to the Carib itself. And if you have not made your reservations yet, if you haven't made your, your flight reservations, if you haven't booked your flights, um, I would highly recommend 
that you fly to MCO, which is also known as the Orlando International Airport, and not make your flights to the Orlando Sanford Airport. And there are there are some many reasons that I that I would recommend this, but the main key reason, um, especially if you are just going down for general conference and nothing else, the main key reason to fly into MCO is because the denomination, the Free Methodist Church, is providing free transportation from specifically MCO to the Carib Royale. They are not providing any transportation from the Orlando Sanford Airport. So if you are flying in to Orlando Sanford, you're going to need to figure out some sort of other transportation arrangements to get yourself to General Conference, whether that's a rental car, whether that's you know somebody carpooling, whatever it is. Uh, but if you are flying an MCO, it's almost a it's almost like a no-brainer for you to use their transportation, even if you're booking you know, stuff on to the end of your trip, even if you're adding on a day at Universal or whatever it is, um, and you need to rent a car, it, you don't need it, as we'll talk about, as you'll see, you don't really need this rental car uh, during your time at General Conference. And there are some reasons we'll get into in a little bit. I'll tell, explain to you what's all the denomination is providing. But to, to begin, the denomination is providing free transportation from MCO to the Carib. It will be happening on both Sunday and Monday. Um, so if you come in late on Tuesday, you're not getting that ride. Uh, but every 15 minutes on Sunday and Monday, the 14th and 15th, um, from 11 a.m. until 10 p.m. Now that's the peak hours. They will be having somebody, like I say, come every 15 minutes with a shuttle uh, to take you over to the Carib for free, completely free from the denomination. Uh, however, after 10 p.m., uh, Larry Roberts has made clear that there will be some shuttles available. It will just be a lot less um, you know, uh, it will, won't be every 15 minutes. It'll be a lot less few and far between type thing. So uh, if you've already registered or if you are yet to register, you need to look back in your emails, get an email from, you'll get an email from Larry Roberts with a uh, survey in that email. That survey is very vital for you to fill out with your information on when you're flying, especially if, of course, you're flying, you're, you're coming in after 10 p.m. on Sunday or Monday, you're going to be wanting to fill that out because they're they're going to need to know when to pick you up, when your flight is coming in, so they make sure outside of those peak hours, they have that bus available for you, that shuttle available for you. So this is a great thing. And not only are they providing the transportation too, but the day after conference ends on Saturday the 20th, they will be providing shuttles every half hour from the Carib back to MCO. So they will be providing those starting as early as 4 a.m., and ending at 5 p.m. on that Saturday. So I know that covers many, many people's flights. Um, of course, you want to get there early uh, to go through, they say about two hours early to get through the, uh, make sure you're there in time to get through security, to do all that stuff. And uh, if you're from a small town, Orlando is not a small town. Uh, so it takes a while to get through security. I've gone through MCO security many times. It is efficient. It is a great airport. You, you, are, you know, it's easy to get around in, but it's huge. So, um, you know, you're not wondering where you're going. The signs are great. You know, the people are helpful. Uh, but it does take a while because there are a lot of people flying in and out of Orlando for all sorts of reasons. So you're going to want to get there early. Um, you know, so if your flight is later on Saturday, that's fine. You know, 
get there, just leave the, on the transportation, the last the last transport from the Carib on Saturday, uh, and and you'll be good. You'll be good to get there early as you can at the airport, and and you won't regret that. Um, so. <clears throat> If you are um, not flying, if you're one of the old-fashioned people who still drive, you know, from wherever you're at, driving all the way down, you will be excited to hear that the parking is free at the Carib. Uh, the only thing is, of course, you need a parking pass. You receive that at check-in, and there are two check-ins that you will take part in as a part of... Um, uh, of the process of, of getting to the hotel and getting the Carib. The first is, of course, just the normal hotel check-in, and that'll be easy. You go to the hotel, you know, and get all your stuff, and that will include the parking pass. Uh, but there is a secondary registration um, and check-in that you will need to take part in, which will be for general conference. And there is a GC19 registration desk. Um, the map will be sent to you, or if you've already registered for General Conference, you already have that map from Larry, look back on your emails. Uh, it will show you where that registration desk is, but you need to check in there. You get your bag of information, you get a lot of stuff in there, you get your you know, layout for the week, your schedule, um, you get your lanyard, which is gonna you know, show people, okay, this guy's you know, allowed to come to this stuff, he's paid, you know, he's registered. Um, but uh, you're going to need to do that uh, before the, if you're attending the National Prayer Summit on Monday the 15th at 7 a.m., you're going to need to get that registration information before you attend the National Prayer Summit. Uh, so the registration desk for GC19 is going to be open Sunday, the day before, from 2 to 10, or on Monday until 10 p.m., from early in the morning until 10 p.m., so uh, best bet, if you're planning on attending the National Prayer Summit at 7 a.m. on Monday the 15th, you're going to want to try to check in and get that registration stuff on Sunday before it closes at 10 p.m. at that, at that GC19 registration desk. So keep all those things in mind. Um, I know there's a lot when you're first arriving, trying to connect up with the shuttle, and then you're getting over there. All right, we got our check-in for our rooms, but also we got to go over here and check in for GC. But they're making it very simple. Um, the denomination with providing the free transportation and the things that they have, they're making it as simple as possible to get into what is you know, normally a crowded and crazy town and process. Um, so I think that you'll find uh, it's going to be very easy, and we can thank Larry and, and the team over at headquarters for a lot of the things that we're going to be able to experience. Um, in addition to the free parking at the Carib, we will also be able to enjoy uh, free Wi-Fi there at the Carib Royale. Um, there is a free fitness center gym. There is a pool, a tennis court, a basketball court. Uh, all that stuff is free. And when I say pool, um, if you've been there before, you'll know already. But I, I'm talking about a pool with a with a with a waterfall coming into it. You got two hot tubs there. I know a lot of. I saw a lot of saw a lot of familiar faces in terms of pastors and leaders hanging out in those hot tubs late at night after the sun goes down. Um, you know, just kind of chilling out, relaxing before the next day. Uh, so bring your swimsuit. You know, be prepared to just relax, have some relaxation time because all that stuff is free. Uh, in addition to the stuff that's going to be happening at the at the at the actual conference itself. So that's, I know that's a lot of information um, and I'm gonna be giving you a lot of information today. Uh, maybe you wanna have a notepad and I should have said that at the beginning, but write down some of these things. A lot of the things that I've just told you are also available in emails from Larry Roberts as well if you've registered for the conference. Um, 
But that, uh, I know people are coming in different times, uh, depending on if you're coming on Sunday, Monday, or sometime before. Um, officially, the conference begins at 7 p.m. Um, for an evening service as far as general conference stuff goes. So uh, you're going to want to try to be there no later than 7 p.m., but there's stuff going on all day Monday. As I mentioned, the prayer summit begins at 7 a.m. that morning. Um, and there is the missions dinner, which includes Set Free, ICCM, uh, all, all sorts of different groups in that missions dinner. Uh, and that is at 5 p.m. on Monday. That is an additional cost. I'll talk more about that, those additional cost things in an upcoming episode. But that is just for right now, suffice it to say, you may want to get there early on Monday because there are things happening all day Monday, even though officially General Conference doesn't begin until 7 p.m. So again, a lot of information, but these things are good to know as you arrive. And I know last time I went and I said, oh man, I wish I would have went a day earlier because I missed uh, what would happen last time, which was a which was a summit for the Set Free Movement, and there was a lot of cool stuff happening, and I just didn't know about it. So it's good to hear about these things um, and uh, to be aware in case you want to get there early. Now, next, before I transition into some of the possibilities to tack on to your trip and to tell you a little bit more about Orlando area, um, I think it would be important to explain getting around to other places because, as I mentioned earlier, you may think, okay, that's great, free transportation, uh, but I'm going to need some groceries. I'm going to need to buy some things when I get down there, and so won't I need a rental car for that stuff? Well, at that, at that first level there, if you're just going to General Conference and you're saying, well, I just need to get to Walmart. I need to get some supplies. I need to get some food. I need to you know, get some sunscreen, whatever it is. I have some amazing news for you because not only is the denomination providing that free transportation from MCO, they are also providing two daily trips to Walmart each day. So two times each day of the entire conference, they will be heading over there. Um, I'm sure at, uh, I, don't, I didn't see any information posted yet, but I'm sure at the check-in there, you can find out the times when you go and, and register. You check in at that registration desk for general conference on the first day. Uh, but that's awesome because this is, again, a free transportation that you don't have to worry, well, how am I going to get to Walmart? I, I need to rent a car. No, you can, you can plan to go there every day if you wanted to, uh, and, and it will be completely free. Now, I will mention something about this Walmart. If you have not been to the Walmart near General Conference, you ha are in for an experience because, you know, Walmart can be busy. I, I, I live in Youngstown, Ohio, and sometimes I go to the Walmart near me, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving time, or, you know, Black Friday, or before Christmas. You're like, wow, this is pretty, you know, pretty stressful, pretty busy. But you have not seen a busy Walmart or even a busy store until you enter the Orlando Walmart. I cannot explain to you how busy, how crazy that Walmart is. I mean, if you've been out before on a Black Friday sale in the middle of the night and you like went in when people when the doors were first opened, you will have a small taste of what I'm talking about. But even then, on Black Friday, it's like, okay, most of the people are over by the electronics. You know, you kind of go over by some of the other things, and it's, you know, lightened up. But I am talking about wall-to-wall -wall people in this Orlando Walmart. Like, the, the shelves were, like, bare, and people were restocking, like, nonstop these, these shelves. 
I was blown away. I couldn't believe how jam-packed this Walmart was. And I thought, is it just something going on today? Is it like because General Conference is in here? Like all the free Methodists are coming to Walmart? What's going on? And somebody who lives near the area told me like, no, that's pretty much this Walmart like all the time. So just prepare yourself for the craziest, busiest, like wackiest Walmart experience you've ever had. And and just prepare yourself for that. But listen, you're getting there free. Uh, so just enjoy the experience. If you're someone who gets stressed by something like that, like probably best to send somebody else. You don't want to get all fired up and like, you know, swearing somebody out or something like that, right? Uh, but uh, wearing your free Methodist shirt. Um, I hope you wouldn't do that. Uh, but just be prepared because it is crazy. Um, and again, these are things that, that maybe you wouldn't think about, that you wouldn't you wouldn't think through. But I'm telling you right now, be prepared. Unless they figured out something at this Walmart to, for the traffic, but I doubt it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty busy. The people in there, uh, wall to wall. Um, so so that takes care of if you're just going to general conference. That takes care of everything that you need. Uh, transportation from the airport, transportation to the airport, transportation to supplies, uh, and then all the entertainment you need in terms of the pool and the basketball courts and the tennis courts and the fitness center and the Wi-Fi, all there at the Carib. Now, if you are going somewhere else, you it just depends on how far you're going. This next portion here. Uh, there are, everybody has to think through it. There may be a point for a rental car if you are tacking on a bunch of days or you're traveling further away into, into some other part of Florida after conference. Uh, that's great. Rent a car, that's fine. Um, you know, that, that would be a great idea. Um, for those of you who are just doing a day somewhere else, especially maybe Walt Disney World for reasons I'll explain a little bit later, you may want to, if you're doing just a couple rides, like say you're going from the Carib to, again, say, say you're going from the Carib to a hotel at Walt Disney World, um, it, it may be the best idea for that one drive to use an Uber or a Lyft. And I just used these this past weekend um, for when I was in Anaheim. Uh, and uh, so the way they work without getting really deep is you, you download an app, um, but instead of just face value downloading the app and booking a ride, um, take some time to shop around for promo codes online. Um, and I didn't take as much time as I could, unfortunately. So I, uh, when I first used the app Lyft, I, I found a promo code that said, hey, you get $5 off your first ride. And I was like, that's great. I plugged it in. I was all prepared for, for $5 off my first ride. That sounds great. And then like two days later, something pops up and it says, hey, um, if you've never used Lyft before, you can do $15 off your first ride. I was like, oh, that's great. So I'll use that code now. Well, it was too late. I had already plugged in the $5 code and they only took one code. Um, so you want to shop around before you plug in just a random, the first code you find. Shop around, you know, sign up for Lyft, um, you know, with your email or whatever. And uh, odds are a few days later, they'll send you a little, a little coupon that says like, hey, you know, do your first ride and 15 bucks off or whatever. So, you know, download these things in advance. Don't wait till you get to, to the end of your trip and say, well, now we got to get to Disney and so I'm going to go ahead and download Lyft. Like, you will save money um, through Uber or Lyft uh, by using these promo codes, by, you know, using your email beforehand and getting those promo codes in your email. Um, but if you're just doing a few rides, um, it's, it's much more money saving, especially with these codes, um, to use the Uber, to use the Lyft, um, and to not have to to use a rental car. 
Um, and uh, we did uh, five Uber and Lyfts when we were out in Anaheim, and uh, there was only one. All the drivers were great. Every single one of them got where we wanted to go in a quick time. There was one guy that was kind of crazy, kind of kind of had some weird views, um, and uh, you know, it, but um, but even that was you know entertaining. Some of the things that he was saying was was interesting, uh, very very wacky, very out there. But it wasn't crazy to the point where I was like, we're fearing for our lives. So uh, these people have to pass background checks, and you know they need to go through the whole nine yards. So uh, you can feel comfortable to some extent, you know, getting picked up. It's just like you would with a taxi or anything like that by Uber or Lyft. Um, so that's kind of getting around uh, there. So that all being said. Um, well, well, let's transition into kind of our second portion of this, which would be um, other options. What's out there? And, and I'm going to just be touching on a few of the most popular options because I know, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about here today as far as other things to do. You've got your whole family down there or maybe just you and you're saying, yeah, I got all the way down here to Orlando. I might as well do some things while I'm here. Uh, but you're not sure what to do. Well, it depends on the person you are. It depends on if you have kids. There's there's a lot of factors you wanna you wanna look at, um, and, but I'm gonna speak at a very baseline level here to you right now um, about some of these places, some of these attractions and theme parks. Um, I'm gonna be speaking on a base level of just daily ticket prices, um, daily stuff. Of course, anytime you add on hotel packages or multi-day rates, they give you discounts and all that sort of a thing. So I'm not going to be speaking much to those multi-day rates. I'm just going to give you the baseline price to say, hey, if you went for one day, this is what you're looking at, okay? Um, and I'm also going to tell you how far away they are. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with, as far as the theme parks go, what is the furthest away? Uh, the furthest away theme park, uh, as far as I'm going to talk about four of them, the furthest away would be Legoland, Florida. This is a 49-minute drive from the Carib, and um, Legoland bills itself specifically as built for kids. That is their quote. We are built for kids. Uh, at looking over some of the things, I've never been to Legoland, but looking over some of the things, it looks, as far as all of the other options out there, it looks primarily to be the most kid-friendly park of them all. Um, it, it is very kiddie-oriented. Um, kitty land type rides, you know, stuff that adults will go, oh, it's, my kids had a, had a great time, um, but there wasn't really much for adults. Uh, now, you may have gone to Legoland and you'll say, oh, he's totally wrong, off base. And you can email me, you know, I'll make an amendment to that. Uh, but from everything I was able to see online, it looked like it was mostly, you know, younger kid rides, um, younger kid things. They do have actual, like, uh, um, for even younger, younger kids, they have a... Um, an area where those younger kids can go on some playground type stuff. They can build uh, with some of those uh, bigger block type things, uh, bigger Lego blocks. Um, so there's there's you know the, the the building type stuff that you would think with Lego. There's some rides. There's a bunch of rides. There's attractions. Um, and uh, so for that, there's one price. Um, it is $84.99 plus probably some taxes. Um, that's for three and up. And with any of the things I'm about to tell you about any of these theme parks, uh, two and under are all free. So if you're three and up at Legoland, it's all one price, $84.99. And uh, so that's the longest drive, 49 minutes. Um, the second longest drive would be to head over to um, Universal Studios. And uh, there are two parks at Universal Studios. It would take you a 22-minute drive from the Carib to get over there. Um, I, I, I actually kind of just made a miss misspeak there. Um, I said there are two parks 
but there are actually three parks, including the water park there. The water park, if you're just going to that, is called Volcano Bay. Uh, that will cost you $80 for an adult or $75 for a child to take the time over at Volcano Bay uh, for a day at the water park. Um, the Universal Studios Orlando um, has two parks. One is called Universal Studios and one is Islands of Adventure. Um, to give you a little overview of this, um, there are... First, I should say, Universal Studios, just in general, is scarier, more adult than Walt Disney World. Um, and we'll get into Walt Disney World in a moment. It's not just for kids, uh, but Universal Studios is definitely a step up in terms of the scary factor. Um, you know, the scary rides at Walt Disney World, like the Haunted Mansion, are not really scary. There's, it was meant to be funny, scary mix, and some younger kids might get scared by that stuff, but... But there's, there's actual scary stuff at Universal Studios. I mean, one of their rides, for example, at Universal Studios Park is a, um, is a mummy ride. And I was so sh surprised a few years ago. I thought, ah, is this going to be, you know, this is kind of an older ride. Is it going to be scary? It was pretty scary. There were flames. The mummy was, like, coming at you. I mean, it was pretty, pretty terrifying. Um, and there are some things like that there at Universal Studios that just, like, kids would just be have nightmares about. Um, you know, there are some things there as well that are for kids. There is a kids area. There is, uh, you know, there are younger kids rides that all kids will enjoy. Um, and then Islands of Adventure has some more traditional um, roller coasters, like like the Hulk roller coaster, which is just a roller coaster painted green. I mean, there's nothing else special about it. Uh, but um, these two parks um, are worth, you know, they're worth checking out, especially if you're a fan of, of some of the Universal stuff. Um, to go to either of the parks, it's going to cost you $115 per park, uh, two and under again being free. But one thing that, I, that I'll tell you right now I don't like about Universal is this. They know how to trick you into visiting both parks in one day. Uh, if you visit both parks in one day, you're talking about $170 for an adult or $165 for a child. Um, and uh, when we talk about a child, I'm talking about uh, 3 to 9, I believe that is. 3 to 9. Um, but how do they trick you into going to both parks in one day and not just buying the one one place? Well, if you are a Harry Potter fan, I know many people who have said, oh, I, when I get down there for, for General Conference, I want to go see the Harry Potter stuff because that's their newest stuff that they did a few years ago. Um, you know, they, their biggest claim to fame there in, in, in Orlando for Universal Studios is Harry Potter stuff. Well, Harry Potter is not a let... It is and it isn't a letdown. Uh, and I'll tell you why. First and foremost, it's not a letdown because the the Harry Potter rides, I, I've been on both of them. Uh, there are two of them at this point. Um, one of them, I think, is, is getting a rework, so so that would be, have been the third. Uh, but there are two Harry Potter rides, um, and they are some of the most amazing rides I've ever been on in my entire life. I mean, they are just amazing and in the technology and the things that they're able to do it, it blows your mind when you get off you're like I, I felt like I was flying I mean I felt like I was flying around I don't even know what just happened I mean you don't have words for it um it, it's amazing it, it, it blows your mind but there are only two rides uh so I was so that's so while those two rides were amazing the the majority of your experience at Harry Potter World in at Universal Orlando is shopping experiences. And for some people, of course, that's 
part of it. That's that's exciting because you've seen the movies. You see Diagon Alley. You get to walk where you saw in the movies. You get to go in and and see the the bookshop or whatever. You know stuff that you've seen in the movies. Okay, that's great. But of course, you go shopping. You're gonna see this stuff. Well, it's not free. You're gonna have to buy it. So after a while, you're like, listen, if you don't have the money. These shopping experiences, it's like, well, look at all this cool stuff that I'm not gonna be able to afford. So the majority of Harry Potter land, besides those two, uh, the, uh, Harry Potter land, I know some people are offended by me saying that, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, right? That's the official name. Uh, so the, the majority of the Wizarding World uh, is shopping experiences. Um, and so for some people that are trying to cut costs, that's not gonna be um, great when they hear that. But the other thing that I think is even more of a letdown is, okay, that's fine if it's in one park, right? You go to the one park, you visit it all. But this is where I say Universal knows how to get people to visit both parks in one day. Because what they did was two things. First of all, they split the Wizarding World into two pieces. They split uh, a piece of it into Universal Studios and a piece of it into Islands of Adventure. You cannot visit Harry Potter Wizarding World in its entirety unless you buy a multi-park pass for 170 bucks per adult or 165 per child. So if you're planning on seeing the Wizarding World, you don't want to be regretful when you get there and say, oh, I only saw one, uh, you know, I thought 115 bucks would have been able to let me see it. No, you're going to have to buy the multi-park pass. In addition, <laughs> most people who love that story, who love those movies and books, you know, the Hogwarts Express, that train is a huge piece of, of the experience. But the only way to ride the Hogwarts Express is to get the multi-park pass because what it does is that experience, that train takes you from Universal Studios to Islands of Adventure or whatever, you know, vice versa. So it's a, it's a cool way to get from one place to another. It's, it's an awesome way to make that transfer, especially if you're a fan of the story. Um, but again, what's the real bottom line is, hey, that's more money, right? That's costing you an additional $65 or whatever much, however much it is for that experience. So they knew how to get you. They knew that people would spend the big money for that multi-park pass to see the Wizarding World. Um, and uh, I am not happy about it. I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't think that it was fair of them to do that, but I digress. All right, so <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, so we have Legoland, and then closer than that is Universal Studios. Uh, and then closer than that even, 13-minute drive is SeaWorld. And uh, John Grimm, somebody, uh, one of the guys who's attending, John Grimm, uh, plans to do this with his uh, family over do the SeaWorld package. Um, I, I was asking some people what they're doing over on the Whova app. Uh, which is a app for General Conference, by the way. Download it if you haven't yet for if you're attending. Um, but uh, SeaWorld, uh, you know, if you've ever been to a SeaWorld, you kind of know what you're getting to some extent. Um, you know there's the, I, I, don't, I hesitate to even call it an aquarium because it really isn't. I mean, there are aquarium-type things, but there's also water shows and, you know, all sorts of stuff going on with, with water animals. Um with, with swimming animals and, and land animals that go in the water and all sorts of stuff. There's shows. Um, but Universal Orlando, I'm, I'm sorry, Universal. SeaWorld Orlando is a, is a next step experience as well, as it, as it has to be with everything else around there um, because of Universal and Disney. Um, so it's not only just an aquarium and animal-related shows, but you're also getting rides there as well, roller coasters, all sorts of different rides um, that they've tacked into the SeaWorld experience. 
Um, and just recently, most recently, if you have any younger children that love Sesame Street, uh, you'll be excited to know that they've just opened a whole Sesame Street area um, where they've recreated the entire Sesame Street experience with Hooper's store and all this stuff. Uh, you can see pictures of it on their website um, and they get to meet all the characters and there's an award-winning parade that goes there through Sesame Street. Um, but it is $84.99 to get into the whole SeaWorld experience with the Sesame Street, everything included. Um, again, two and under free for the SeaWorld experience. So um, that could be something that you might want to go to. <clears throat> of course, uh, if you've been to the Carib before and you explored a little of the surrounding area, you'll know the closest experience for you to be a part of the closest theme park i should say is walt disney world and uh what blows my mind when it comes to walt disney world when it comes to the carib when it comes to universal legoland sea world all the stuff we've been talking about it is very unlikely at least in my mind and looking at history it is very unlikely that without walt disney none of these things would exist because just very briefly to say like when Walt came into Florida, these were all swamps. Like nobody cared about Orlando area. Nobody cared about this area of Florida. And he started buying it up because he wanted more space than he had in Anaheim and Disneyland. And like to think that all of the stuff we're talking about today probably wouldn't exist without the without Walt Disney World's existence is amazing. So I mean, we're talking about, about the the premier place. This is the this is probably the biggest location people travel to Orlando for. Walt Disney World, it is going to get even crazier in August with the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios, but we are coming in for General Conference in July, so we are not going to hit the craziest, craziest time of the year, which will be when that Galaxy's Edge opens. However, we are going in in summer, so expect at any of these parks, huge crowds, long waits, all that sort of a thing at, for the rides and, and, and those types of things. I mean, anything that you would expect at your local theme park in the summer, uh, but, you know, maxed out because it's Orlando, right? Um, so just again, I could go long on Walt Disney World and those of you who listen for a long time know I could do that. I'll try not to. I, ju I just say this about Walt Disney World, a few things. First and foremost, uh, there are four parks at Walt Disney World. Um, the first is the Magic Kingdom. When most people think of Walt Disney World, they think of the Magic Kingdom with the Cinderella Castle, Main Street, you know, Adventureland. Um, I would argue it's not just for children. There are, there are roller coasters there. Um, there are all sorts of things that even what are marked as, as kiddie rides, some of those children's rides, um, parents have a great time on. So even in the Magic Kingdom, um, even there, arguably the most kid-friendly of those four parks, you're going to have a great time with your family. Um, you're going to have, have memories and experiences that, that will last a long time. So they, the first park is the Magic Kingdom. The second is Epcot. Uh, Epcot is broken up into Future World, which has um, futuristic rides, futuristic type stuff, um, testing out modern ingenuity, like Test Track. You're going to get to ride in a Test Track vehicle. Um, and then the second portion of Epcot is the World Showcase. Amazing. And, and probably the greatest place I would tell you if you're a single adult or you are a couple just as an adult without kids to head over to Epcot and just take a whole afternoon to head through the World Showcase. You're going to feel like you're in Mexico. You're going to feel like you're in Italy. You're going to feel like you're in um, in 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 Paris, you know, I guess I already said that one. Uh, in, in England, you're going to feel like you're in all these countries. And then they have these restaurants in each of these places that you're going to get 
these phenomenal experiences. Um, so if you're just a single adult, you say, well, I don't know about Disney World. I mean, that's mostly kids stuff and Mickey Mouse, right? Like, go to World Showcase and then argue with me and tell me that it's not for adults, okay? <laughs> so that's the experience available at Epcot. Again, much more than we're able to get into now. Uh, third park is Hollywood Studios, um, focusing on um, the magic of the movies. So you're going to get everything from the Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, a free fall drop um, set in the world of the, of the old Rod Serling's Twilight Zone. Uh, everything from that all the way up to um, you know, a Toy Story Land that has opened last year. Um, you're going to see a lot of Toy Story-related rides, um, that whole themed area. This is where Star Wars is coming in August. Um, but you're going to see all sorts of things, a lot of, of movie-type related things at Hollywood Studios. Uh, and then the fourth park that Disney has to offer um, is called Animal Kingdom. And that one is, some people say, well, that's kind of their zoo. It is, it, it is a zoo. I mean, you're going to see a zoo, but Animal Kingdom is a zoo like we could call SeaWorld an aquarium. I mean, if you've been to SeaWorld, you know it's not really just an aquarium as you would go to the Pittsburgh Aquarium, right? Uh, that's great. An aquarium's great. And a zoo is great. But this is not that kind of a zoo, right? So Animal Kingdom with um, it takes a zoo to the next level, to, to a level that it's never been seen before. So, for example, at Animal Kingdom at Disney, you're going to get on a safari vehicle, like a Jeep vehicle, and you're going to drive into a safari they've set up where you're going to see free-roaming animals wandering around. Sometimes when we were there, like a giraffe literally inches from the car, you're going to be riding through there. You're going to see lions. You're going to see gazelle. Um, of course, some of those animals that are meat-eating, like the lions, uh, you're going to see they have a distance between you with a big chasm, so you're not going to be able to, to get you know the lions right next to you. Uh, but those animals that are gentle are going to be inches from you at some times. They're going to be stopping the Jeep because there's somebody you know, an animal walking across the path right in front of you on the dirt path. So it's, that's one example. There they have uh, everything from the safari ride over to um, a Finding Nemo full-length musical that is Broadway-style, top-notch entertainment uh, to Expedition Everest, arguably the best uh, roller coaster there in all of Walt Disney World, uh, where you encounter the abominable snowman, the Yeti up on the slopes of Everest. Uh, so there, I mean, again, these four parks, there's so much to offer for all sorts of people, young, old, everywhere in between, from the Magic Kingdom all the way to uh, the, you know, Everest. Um, and so, um, so for this, uh, this is one of the most expensive places you could go, uh, as you may guess, because Disney has monopoly. They know they could charge whatever, probably, and people will still flood through the doors. So Disney charges one twenty-five. Again, we're talking daily prices. One twenty-five for an adult, one hundred twenty dollars for a child ages three through nine, um, and again, two and under free. Um, I will say this about Disney World versus Universal, because people wonder. I've already mentioned about Universal. It's scarier. It has much scarier stuff than you're going to find uh, as a whole than Walt Disney World. But in the same way, um, Walt Disney World has a plus over Universal in that you, Walt Disney World is so immersive. So I mentioned to you the World Showcase. And, and say you're going into England. You're supposed to be in England in the World Showcase. You feel as if you're in England. You're not going to look around and say, oh, but when I look over here... I see there's the Toy Story ride, so that kind of takes me out of my element. No, everywhere you look is going to be England-themed. There's going to be a tree blocking your view 
of something across the ways. You know, that's an example, just an example to say like, if there's anything there that would be in your view, you're not gonna be able to see it. Um, it, when you're in the Toy Story Land in Hollywood Studios, you're gonna feel like you're shrunken to the size of a toy. You're not gonna be able to see, you know, Cinderella's castle or anything like that. So it is very immersive. Um, and one thing that really let me down over at Universal when I went to see what is probably, for Harry Potter fans, one of the most exciting things they're looking forward to, uh, not to let anybody down who's listening to this, who's looking forward to this, um, but when I went to Universal and I saw Hogwarts Castle, right, the huge castle there, I looked at it, it was amazing, and then my eyes glanced over to the right-hand side, and what I saw was a big white building that was visible just by standing right in front of the attraction, and of course, for anybody who knows, you know, you know when you get on these rides, it, it can't take place within the building that you're seeing, you know, so like the Haunted Mansion at Disney, you know, you're not really in that building the whole time. There's a big white building out back that, you know, you go into once you're inside the ride. And that's what happens at Hogwarts. But at Disney, you would never see the big white building. You know, that just takes you like out of the experience. You don't feel like you're at the Haunted Mansion anymore. You feel like, oh, well, there's a big white building attached to this building that looks haunted. Like, that's that's ridiculous. And unfortunately, that's exactly what was really, really obvious at Universal. I mean, it, it, I, I can't believe they did it. I mean, you see this big, it was white or green or something, but big, just blocky building attached to Hogwarts. And I was like, man, like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> it took me completely out of that feeling of like, wow, I'm so immersed in this experience. I feel like I'm really in the movies. And then like, wow, there's a big like soundstage type building attached to Hogwarts. Like that really took me out of my element. So, you know, that, that was something that I really appreciate about Disney is like, you're really there. When you're in these places, you are there. And, you know, you kind of forget that the world exists because you're in, you're in Paris. You're in the Magic Kingdom. You're in Tomorrowland. You're in the future. You know, like wherever you're at, you're there. Um, so that's that about Walt Disney World. Um, they do have two, uh, two, um, uh, water parks as well there. Their parks are actually, um, a little cheaper than the Volcano Bay over at, uh, Universal. The, they have two water parks, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. Um, at that, you're looking at $69 for adults and, thir uh, 69, I'm sorry, $69 for adults and 63 for the kids. Um, uh, and, and I don't want to mention, as I said, much about the hotel packages and all that type of thing, but I will say what's nice about staying at Disney, I'm not sure uh, about Universal and some of the others, um, but at staying at Disney, um, they do provide transportation for free back to, uh, MCO for you if you are staying there at a hotel, um, after you leave the Carib. Um, also another nice thing is they do provide free transportation from all of their hotels to anywhere you need to go. Uh, any of the parks or any of the water parks, anything like that. So that's just nice to know that that's all taken care of. And Disney knows that. Of course, they're doing kind of a, a universal type thing there. They know, hey, I can get them to pay more, stay at our hotels if I provide free transportation. So that, you know, they, they know they pull those strings on people, right? Um, so um, all that being said, some of you out there might say, listen, I'm not really a theme park person. There are other options for you. One of the things that come to people's mind is is the beach. And I know uh, somebody named Melissa Truss, um, uh, Trussler, I think I'm saying her name correctly. Um, she is uh, looking at adding on a day or two days post-GC uh, at the ocean and depending on their schedule and stuff for her and her family. 
Um, she was saying that over on Hoover. And I know many people are like, listen, I, I'm getting down to Florida. I want to go to the beach. I want to get to the to the ocean, right? Um, so I, there's all sorts of options going to the beach. And I just kind of Googled and looked up where we were at versus where the beach is. Um, looked at that we're, we're slightly closer to the western um, side of Florida as ter in terms of beaches. Um, so to get to one of the closest beaches I was able to look up, Anna Maria Beach, which was had some great reviews, said it was a pretty nice beach for Anna Maria. Um, it was going to take two hours to get there. Um, so that's not too bad. Again, at that point, you're probably going to want to get a rental uh, car, but um, something that you might want to tack on. And of course, you want to think through all those other things, hotels and all that stuff as you do it. Um, another additional thing, option for people who are looking to add on, um, you know, something that I did when I was younger, I was in homeschool um, for some of the years of my life, and uh, my family was always looking, okay, well, how can we add on something educational to this? Um, of course, we could, uh, we could talk about some of the educational aspects of Epcot um, or some of the things that are available through some of the theme parks. Uh, but also, if you're in this area, you could take an hour and 30-minute drive over to the Kennedy Space Center. They have a museum there. Um, they're not going to have rides uh, that are going to be as intense or as exciting maybe as some of the theme parks. They do have uh, at least one ride called the Shuttle Launch Experience, which is uh, supposed to be pretty fun and, and make you feel as if you're launching off into space, give you that uh, experience of that. Uh, but for the most part, you're going to see videos. You're going to be able to see uh, setups and be able to really experience what it's like to be at NASA, to, to experience those launches and, and find out some things about space. Uh, and so um, you're looking at a, a cheaper price for something like this. If you, your age is 3 to 11, you're looking at $47. Or 12 plus, you're looking at $57. So this is a lot, lot cheaper than doing any of those theme parks. And it gives that educational aspect, uh, educational option for you as well while you're down there in that area. I know some people love going down there. Even if you don't have kids, you know, um, just to be able to, to check that out. To You see stuff on TV, you hear about NASA. But to be able to go down and actually have said, listen, I went and checked it out. Uh, and it was a great time. I heard many experiences, and, and I know it was when I was very young, but I remember we had a good time there as well. Um, so uh, those are the things I want to mention to you, and I know there's, there's other people out there that probably have other, other things that they've done. We'd love to hear from you. You can email me, josh at befreemc.org, um, for tell me your favorite thing to do in Orlando area, to do well you're uh, down in general conference or in the surrounding areas. Um, but uh, these are all these additional options that you can tack onto your trip. And I did want to mention one last thing. Uh, and, and it actually, of all the things that we've been talking about, this, is, this would be the closest, the absolute closest thing to visit and at face value, free thing to do um, that gives you a taste of the theme parks, but a free taste for the most part of the theme parks. And I'm talking about Disney Springs. Disney Springs um, is, for those of you who are very, um, uh, who, who get a lot of exercise, who don't mind, um, I should say, big exercise, uh, you could jog to, or I guess even walk to Disney Springs from the Carib. I took a run there and back again um, last year. It, it is not something that, I mean, it's not a mile. It's, it's a few miles. I think I drove, I think my full round trip was like six or seven miles for, for my run. I ran from the Carib to, to down to down what was previously known as downtown Disney, now called Disney Springs. 
Um, so it is technically walking distance, but you're going to want to probably get a rental car to get there or rent, you know, get a friend to drive you or whatever. But Disney Springs is basically their shopping, restaurant, you know, free area. And there are all sorts of things you can do there. There's a big Lego store. They've built Disney characters out of Legos. Uh, it is massive. It's, it's amazing to see um, what they've built. Um, and that's all free. That's all free stuff. You can just travel around, walk around. It'll take you a while to walk around all of Disney Springs and see everything there is to see. Down in Disney Springs is the largest, the world's largest Disney store called World of Disney. Um, I mean, you could get lost in there for days. It is massive. You don't want to, you know, lose your kids in that store. You will not find them. I promise you. Um, <laughs> you will never find. You'll know when you see it. Um, but there are um, other options as well. The, the restaurants there are world class. I mean, they have world class chefs making the food. Um, one that I, I was at last time I was down in Orlando is called Art Smith's Homecoming. Art Smith, I guess, I guess is a famous you know chef. I guess I don't know much about him. But uh, they, they specialize in, in their fried chicken. They are known for their fried chicken. And uh, it, was, it was pretty amazing. Um, I had it last time. I had to try it because I heard so much about it. Uh, if you're a fried chicken fan, get down there at Art Smith's Homecoming at Disney Springs and have, have dinner there with somebody. Um, but uh, they have all sorts of quick service type places like the Earl of Sandwich. Um, to these world-class experiences of, of dining. I can I very highly recommend uh, heading down there for any sort of dining experience that you could. Um, but uh, if you get down there, um, I, I, oh, I want to mention, uh, Lisa Hagland mentioned on the Whova app um, that Disney, she, she kind of added to this, said Disney Springs has several budget-friendly restaurants and activities that may benefit group activities. Um, example, there is a bowling alley there that, of course, as Disney does, takes to the next level just a traditional bowling alley and does something amazing with it. Uh, they've got a bowling alley. They've got a concert stage, which is actually free. They have stuff going on all day at that concert stage a lot of times. Um, sometimes they have um, um, music playing. Other times, you know, a little dance party type thing going on. Sometimes uh, they have cheerleaders uh, from different areas coming and doing cheers. Some of the, the high schools coming in and doing stuff. So you never know what you'll see at that concert stage. But it's worth going down and checking out if you're able to get over there. It's a, it's a free option. Um, and of course, you know, when you get down there, you may pay for dinner. You may pay for some things. But at face value, it's free. Um, and something that I'm looking forward to doing this year that they've just put in within the last year or two uh, is called The Void. And um, many of you at home may have a virtual reality headset that you look through, um, you know, and you play games on. And those are very realistic. I mean, I, I have tried one. I don't own one, but I've tried one. Those VR things are, are wow. You feel like you're there, right? But they're, they're, you're only there to an extent. I mean, you get tangled up in, in the wires and, you know, you can't go running around your house. You're going to fall into a wall, you know. Uh, so there's limitations to the VR that you have at home. But the void... Um, it's something they've just put in Disney Springs, uh, and it is, from what I've read about it, it is transformational in this VR type stuff. You put on the headset, sure, but you also, um, there are two experiences right now. There's a Star Wars experience, and there's a Wreck-It Ralph experience, um, and uh, you not only have on the, the visor to see in the world of, say, Star Wars, but in Star Wars, you're a stormtrooper, and you also have a gun in your hands with a backpack and all this stuff. 
And when you look around, you're seeing yourself as that stormtrooper and you look at your friends and you see your friends as stormtroopers. And if you if you have your little child there, your child is is shorter when you're looking at them and your taller husband is is taller, right? Um, but uh, in the, the, the crazy thing about the void is that you're not just hooked up into the traditional VR, you know, look around and don't move much. You're in basically a warehouse. So say you're in this game and in front of you in the game, you see a door. You can actually go out, reach out with your real hand, grab that door handle and open it up because in the warehouse, there will be a real door there. Say there's a chair in the game. You can go over, sit down in the chair and there's a real chair there. Uh, so th there, this is a warehouse outfitted with all sorts of rooms, all sorts of areas. And uh, so you're not just you know, staying in one little area, don't move much, you know, like you're limited at home. This is a VR that you feel as if you are there because you are touching, you are feeling, you are talking to your friends through the headset of the Stormtrooper, you know, radios. You're you're doing all these things and you are in in that world. I, I can't wait to experience it. Um, again, for the younger kids, maybe uh, better experience than Star Wars might be a little scary would be uh, the Wreck-It Ralph experience. Um, Ralph breaks the internet. I'm not sure what even happens in that, but I'm sure it's amazing. Um, it is somewhat expensive because you're going to spend $34.75 for about a 35-minute experience. So, I mean, you're paying uh, a little more than a dollar a minute um, for that experience. But if it's something that, you know, you love Star Wars like me and you say, well, I'm not going to the parks this year. I'm not paying money to do anything else this year. I'm not doing anything else personally, tacking anything else on. You say, listen, uh, for to do one experience there, everything else, we're not going to buy anything when we're at Disney Springs. We're just going to go down and just experience that one thing. That's it. Um, to do that, I think, would be like, listen, uh, it's expensive, but that's all I'm doing. So I'm going to I'm gonna do that this time, right? And just just to have the experience. Um, so that's, a, that's an option. I just wanted to tell you about that because that's what I'm personally choosing to do this year um, at Disney Springs. So I know I've talked for way too long for some of you uh, and, and uh, <laughs> for many of you. But I hope this has been helpful for some people. And uh, if you have your own thoughts, please send them to me. Um, tell me about what you like to do when you're in Orlando. How, any tips you have for getting around the city? Any tips you have for MCO? Uh, and until next week, um, we will uh, we will uh, be excited. To, I can think of an ending. So like, well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> see you next week. Who hasn't dreamed of being the hero in their favorite action movie? Well, here at Universal Studios Florida, you can live that dream. One of two theme parks at Universal Orlando Resort, Universal Studios is a real working film and TV production studio. But it's also a world-class theme park where some of the most popular movies and TV shows ever created come to life. You'll find something for every member of the family. Whether you're looking for big time thrills or gentler rides and attractions for the kids, 